how do you price an ad on your channel? That's probably the most common question we get from other creators. And it was the biggest question we had when we first started on YouTube. So we're hosting a live workshop on how to price yourself. This is everything that we've learned in the past 13 years of being on YouTube and our simple three-step process that'll help you develop concrete pricing. So if you wanna join us for this live session, just go to colinandsamir.com slash live. Enter your email and you'll get all the information about our live event on May 9th. All right, hope you enjoy this episode of The Colin and Samir Show. This week on The Colin and Samir Podcast, we're talking about our experience spending a week at BuzzFeed. As a quick refresher, we pitched our show, The Breakdown, to a program run by BuzzFeed and Instagram called Vertical U. Out of over 300 creators, 15 were selected to spend a week at BuzzFeed developing their shows for IGTV. And if you don't know what that is, that is Instagram's new long-form vertical video platform called Instagram TV or IGTV. We had a really interesting experience this past week, and on the last day of the program, we came back to my place, picked up the microphones, and decided to record our thoughts on the week. On this episode, we take you through the experience at Vertical U. We talk about what we learned from the program and what we learned about ourselves from the experience. All right, this is episode 32 of the Colin and Samir podcast. All right, it's Friday night right now, and Colin and I are recovering from a two-hour-long Uber ride where the Uber driver started out by exclusively playing Shakira, but like deep cut, deep cut, like dance house Shakira. And we knew we had about an hour and 45-minute ride from the west side of Los Angeles to the east side, starts with Shakira, moves on to Ricky Martin. Again, deep tracks, slow jams. Yeah. It was not Live in La Vida Loca. And it, he ended with Lady Gaga. But again, deep cuts. Like tracks I had never heard before. Yeah, it was tough. Yeah. And my phone ran out I, of battery. Yeah. I, I just wanted to bring you guys some context as to like... Samira and I had what been we, together all day. We'd <laughs> run out of conversation. Yeah. So, uh, in other news, uh, we wanted to start this podcast off by saying thank you to everyone who tweeted at us or emailed us or DM'd us uh, the photos of their Spotify wrapped um, podcast page. So, if you don't know what that is, on Spotify, at the end of the year, if you if you use Spotify throughout the year, it gives you a report of like what was the band you listened to the most and what was the song you listened to the most. And there's one page that's what's the podcast you listened to the most. And we got so many um, of these screenshots of um, this page that says that people listen to the Colin and Samir podcast the most. That's amazing. Yeah, and really cool. So appreciative of everyone who sent us these. A lot of them were in different languages too, which was really interesting. Yeah, a lot. Well, there was one specifically that I wanted to call out because it was in, I think, German. Yeah. Um, but just some shout outs to some people who, who sent this in um, on Twitter uh, Jabril Said, uh, he sent one to us. Uh, we got one from David C. Lopez and Esme Lowe. Uh, hers is in German. So that's amazing. I, that, that's like so cool. Um, so just wanted to say thanks so much to everyone who's been listening to the podcast. We have three more episodes this year, which is insane. Yeah, that's wild. Time is moving yeah. so fast. Um, so outside of coming out of a two hour long Uber ride, we also are coming off of a week spent at BuzzFeed and Instagram for a program called Vertical U. And most of you 
if you've been listening to the podcast, you're very aware of this whole process and have been brought along to us uh, actually getting in, but uh, let's do a quick refresher. Yeah, if you don't know, BuzzFeed partnered with Instagram for a program called Vertical U. They accepted show pitches uh, from over 300 creators and 15 shows were picked to come to BuzzFeed HQ and develop their show with people who work at BuzzFeed and at Instagram in the hopes that if you can put together a show that is good enough, they will distribute it on BuzzFeed's IGTV and across some of their platforms. Uh, BuzzFeed, if you don't know, is a huge media company out here in Los Angeles, and they have a lot of distribution across all types of platforms. So this is a huge opportunity for us and all of the other creators who had shows there. But we were excited to get picked. This was the week that we actually spent at BuzzFeed and we just finished today. So we wanted to talk about some of our you know, expectations going into it, what the experience was like during it, and just debrief about it afterwards. Um, this was probably one of the most different weeks of the past four or five years for us, like spending it embedded with another company, interacting with people from the Instagram platform. Um, pretty incredible. So, and, and it really was school. Yeah, it was school. I mean, we learned a lot. If you're listening to this podcast right now, I'm going to give you a quick tip. We got this from Instagram. Go on your Instagram right now. Open up your stories. This is a hack. If you're if you're not don't have your phone in front of you, just go back to this part of the podcast. So if you open it up now, you know, take a picture with your stories. Go to the little pen tab. Pick a color and hold down your thumb. If you do that, the color will fill the page and then you can use the eraser tool to do like negative you know, writing or, or showcase some image behind it. Anyway, it's an amazing hack that I've been using a lot recently and Instagram taught that to us on the first day. Test it out. If you make something cool, feel free to tweet it at us. Tweet at it at us. Smear. Yeah, it's called the fill the page hack. Um, all right. Well, Colin, what were your expectations going into Vertical U? Like day before, night before, week before, right when we got in, what did you think? Well, first, I was really excited. I was excited to have a different style of week and to be around a lot of other people. That, to me, I was just the most excited about because I, I don't know, you know, you and I work just with each other. I don't know any other way to really ensure that we're surrounded by 15 new people for a week at a time, let alone more than that, 30 people. So I was just excited about the prospect, number one, of being around other creators for an extended period of time. So I was very excited. I didn't, I don't know, I didn't know really what to expect in terms of sort of the knowledge that we would gain or where the show, the breakdown, like how that would actually evolve. I wasn't totally sure where that would be. Yeah, I um, my expectation of it was to just learn a lot about vertical video mm-hmm. because like the one thing that really excited me about Vertical U was just that I feel like vertical video is so foreign to me, like making anything vertically. And I just wanted to learn as much as possible. And like you said, like spend a week with other creatives. Um, other creators and even the people from BuzzFeed and Instagram. So day one comes around. What'd you think? At the what, end of day what, one? No, no. When we first walked in. Oh, we're old. 
Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> when we first talked in, granted, we were not the oldest creators of part of this program, but we were part of the group that there, was. There was one creator who was older than us. Yeah, there was one creator older than us. So we were we were the second oldest creators there. So it was really interesting because a lot of the people who were, got into this program were in college. But we were finding that out as we showed up and we were meeting everyone. We had, mm-hmm. they had some breakfast laid out for us and we were just introducing ourselves. We all yeah. had name tags. Everyone's hearing like, everyone's oh, story. Where do, you, where do you go to school? Yeah, and they, we at multiple times I got yeah. asked, where do you go to school? <laughs> I was like, oh, well. I'm in the school of life and it's very yeah. real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's tough right now. <laughs> what school are you in? Yeah. So, like, Purdue. It's so there were, there were post-collegiate people there. Yeah, definitely. But there oh, was definitely. also a lot of college kids. Um, so out of the 15 um, creators, yeah, we were some of the, the oldest ones. Uh, but I would say the first day, like even after that, I sat down and started having so much anxiety about the fact that I was going to be sitting in this room listening to classes essentially being like taught for the next five days. I remember my first thought was like, oh my God, what did we just sign up for? Like, I want to go outside and make something like this is, they showed us the schedule and that's when I was like, oh my God, this, we aren't going to be creating this week. Yeah. It was very regimented. It was, this is what we're going to talk about for this hour. Now you have a 10 minute break. Then we're going to go for another hour and then you have a five minute break. Then we have another hour and now you have lunch. We, I, we haven't lived like that. I haven't lived like that in 10 to 10 plus uh, yeah, years. 10 plus years. So yeah. that was like really shocking. Yeah. Uh, initially, but the CEO of Buzzfeed came in that day. Um, and there was, there were some seminars that were absolutely awesome already on the first day. Mm-hmm. They were super interesting. But even at the end of the first day, I was a little skeptical about like, am I actually going to learn something Yeah, through this process? Like, is this the smart move for us? There was a little bit of the thought of, is this a lost week? Sort yes. of in terms of like our business and our time. Yes. And, and that's where, um, just to take a step back, I think that's where when you're growing anything, like you're an entrepreneur, you have an idea, you have anything you're trying to create from scratch, like it's where you have to evaluate uh, investment. And investment doesn't always mean money. Investment means time. Investment means energy. And so you have to evaluate, does this make sense for me to spend this week here when the reality is like, I need to be growing my business. So does this grow my business or not? And at that moment, day one, I had this thought of, um, I'm not sure. And especially when they showed us the schedule and you look at Thursday and it has editing 101. For me, right. I, I, and, and, and some of the other topics too, sound 101. Clearly, I, I am still very much a student. But in that moment, I looked at it and I got kind of cocky. Yeah, me too. I mean, I looked at it too and I was like, what? even even later on in the week, there was times where I was like, okay, what am I going to learn from this seminar? But spoiler alert, I learned something from every single workshop that we did and from every single person at BuzzFeed. I was very humbled. And Instagram. Yeah. By it. Completely humbled this week. Like I told Colin the second day that I had this thought of, man, like it, it, it takes a lot of patience to be a student. Um, and not even just in the school setting, but a student of your environment and how important that is to just look around and be like, wow, there's actually a lot that I can always learn from the people around me, from the things that are happening around me. Um, and once I, once I allowed myself to be a student and was like, okay, I can, I I have a lot to learn. Everything changed. It was such an enjoyable experience. Yeah. Once you admit that these people have something to teach you, that's such an important barrier to get over. You can't be 
sort of fighting their agenda from your seat right as you're taking notes there's no reason for that mm-hmm. you know and i think once i kind of understood that and, and truly the information was very valuable and Tur- the workshops we were going through biggest turning point for me was a workshop called headlines and so fun headlines went like this they said we're gonna give you two topics you have to write 25 headlines about each and you have 30 minutes one of the topics was grilled cheese, and the other one was high school best friends. So make some headlines that you think people would want to click on. And we had, to, yeah, 25 Ooh, for each. 25 we for each. We had 30 minutes to write 50 headlines. And then we came together with all of our headlines. They were written on Post-it notes, put them up on the board, and editors from BuzzFeed came in and chose their favorites. And, and then, yeah, explained why. And explained why. Yeah. So that, that, that for me was an amazing... Um, exercise especially because working in in youtube and in the world of just how much content there is out there if you want to be a creator you do have to think about what the title of my piece is and before you pick up a camera think of the title the thumbnail like does this headline make sense and who does it attract because your headline is your main point of contact yeah it's like your only point sometimes you know you might not even have a photo you know, if you, even if you make a video, it might be being shared on a blog that only gives you one line of text. Well, here, here's, the, here's the reality right now is if you are an amazing content creator, like if your content is good and you want to have a YouTube channel, that is not enough for you to have a YouTube audience. You can have the best content and you will not have a YouTube audience unless you figure out your title and thumbnail game. And it doesn't mean you're baiting someone and mm-hmm. you're deceiving them. You just have to understand what the right title and thumbnail is to actually get someone in. I was explaining this to someone and they were talking to me about like, it's so ridiculous that YouTube's such a, you know, photography and headline game. Um, and what I said is, yeah, but like also if you saw a terrible movie poster, you wouldn't go see that movie. Like it's just, it's the same thing. It's, it's the first point of contact of, um, is this worthy of it? And so that was what the exercise was. And video starts with text, especially on the internet because of how search works. Like 40% Mm -hmm. of the traffic that comes to our YouTube channel is through Google search. Mm -hmm. And so it's really important what you put in the title, what you put in the description, because that's what can be searched. You know, search doesn't know if you have a basketball in your video. You have to write basketball in the title. So it's super important, the text that you choose for your video. So, Samir, I want to know, what were some of your headlines that you were proud of? <laughs> yeah, I went So I went outside to go do this. They said we could go write wherever we wanted. So I, I went outside and I put in headphones and I started writing and I was like, oh my God, I can't write any headlines about these things. Mm-hmm. And then once I unlocked like the, the weird part, like let go and was just like, whatever, I'm just going to write whatever comes to mind right now. Um, I surprised myself with some of them. I think... Uh, one of them was about high school um, high school friends was um, high school best friends recreate their prom photo from 10 years ago or 10 years later. Um, high school kids confront their bully from, you know, 10 years ago, which I think is yeah. interesting. And then grilled cheese was much more obscure, which was um, is a toasted bagel with cream cheese actually just a grilled cheese experts debate. Yeah. <laughs> I actually thought grilled cheese was easier than that was much easier yeah and then I did one one more that was really out there that was um, is grilled cheese in an ice bath the new orange in a shower 
There's a lot to unpack with that one. Sure. And explain. Do you want to? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. So, I mean, that was one of the last ones I wrote. And like, really, once I started flowing with the titles, I was like, what, what are things that I think people would be interested in? Um, with that one, I was just thinking about how big the orange in the shower was and how interesting it was that it pushed people to take an action. So the orange so in the shower was... The orange in the shower was people were writing that the most amazing thing in the world was to have a orange while you were taking a shower. To start your day and that supposedly it was healthy for you and it got yeah, you started I mean, I, on the right foot. See, I, I think it was, it was so interesting. It was all like... Hearsay. Well, yeah, it was word of mouth. It word was of hear, mouth, yeah. hearsay. So I heard about it and I, one day I did it. I did it too. Yeah. Both of us did it. And like, I think it's interesting when you write, when you have an article or something that pushes someone to do something in real life. And so I was just thinking about the concept of that and how you could evoke emotion out of all the people who did the uh, orange in the shower thing. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's like, all right, everyone who did the orange in the shower thing, can you entice them again? Which is a niche audience, right? You, can you entice them again with something that sounds kind of obscure, but is like a warm thing in a cold path i don't yeah. know it's like a, it's a crazy title but it, it, it then you start to think like okay maybe that actually would be a good idea and if i'm making a video or a, a writer at buzzfeed maybe i go home and try that if, yeah. I, if i'm tasked to make something with grilled cheese and say like this was better than the orange in the shower and now i've just created a whole new debate within a subgroup of people that i've talked to before and that was one that they picked and talked about mm -hmm. they liked so that was a really interesting experience and Wait, what were your grilled cheese ones? My grilled cheese ones? A lot of mine were like the grilled cheese Justin Bieber's been eating since childhood. <laughs> that will change your life. I added like that will change your life oh, to everyone. That's really funny. <laughs> I, I just remembered one more. It said uh, what the cheese in your grilled cheese says about your taste in men. It oh, was directed yeah. that, at, that's at, a good at, one. at a female audience. What but. I ended up doing was I, I started with grilled cheese and I built out some titles there, and then I went to high school friends, and then I started making hybrid titles that were like 10 grilled cheese-related reasons your high school friends are all married and you're still single. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, needless to say, they didn't choose those. But, yeah, so but I it's think, a great exercise. Yeah, and, and this, this matters for uh, not just YouTube videos or not just articles on BuzzFeed, but if you're making a product, let's say you make a T-shirt, you need to write 50 headlines for that t-shirt to try and unpack and find what are you trying to tap into? Is it the softest shirt you've ever made or that you've ever worn? Is it the lightest shirt you've ever worn? Is it the shirt that gives back? Like what is the headline of the shirt? So no matter what you're doing, or even if you're not doing any of that and you're trying to become an employee at a company, what is your headline? Who yeah, are how you? How do you stand out? How do you stand out? And so it, it just really connected with me on so many different levels of putting so much care into the headline. And, and you know, oftentimes on YouTube, it's, it's a lot easier to focus on the content and be like, oh, the video's good and I'll get to the title and thumbnail. But it's actually a little backwards. You, sh you, like, you think of the title and thumbnail first. Like these editors picked our headlines and we're like, this is how we start the process of thinking what to write. We don't write the article and then write the headline. Of course. And if you are trying to engage a large audience, then that is the practice. And what I liked about that exercise was that it really showed how much emphasis you should put on the idea before you even begin. You know, we talked about this. If we're mm -hmm. going to spend two full days editing, we probably should spend a significant amount of time 
you know, on the pre-production, on the idea before we even begin. And it was very clear that BuzzFeed and their staff really respects the ideas Mm -hmm. and the ideation process. They have all these different workshops that they use uh, to make sure that they're getting to the right ideas before they even turn the camera on. Yeah, so the exercise we did right after that one, which again was an additional turning point, was making kind of a a graph of different audience identities and the emotions that we wanted them to feel. So at a base level, you'd pick an identity like, I don't know, a, a golfer or something like that, like random identities, and then the emotion could be like sadness. But they got very specific. I know and one of our identities ended up being the person who's always afraid of the big one, which we thought was funny, like like who always talks about like right, Armageddon right. or like the big earthquake or something. Yeah, yeah. And one of our emotions we put down was can't find your mom in a grocery store. That feeling of right, right, right. feeling lost. Yeah. And then you have to try and come up with a title and a thumbnail or a title at least that matches that identity and that emotion. Yeah. I mean, an example right now would be like a subgroup on the internet is like sneaker fans. Yep. Right. So that's an identity. So how can I make sneaker fans feel outrage? You probably take, you probably go buy brand new Yeezys and like destroy them. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Do something or pour ketchup on brand new Yeezys. Like, yeah. and then the reason why you want to make someone feel that emotion is because it likely would make them share it within other people in the identity group. Mm-hmm. Right. Or like, how do you make sneaker fans feel excited? Like you can probably think of 10 different ideas right now of how, like how that would happen And if that happens, they will share it. And the whole idea is to come up with a title that creates a uh, link for conversation between two people. Like Mm -hmm. you said, like sharing Mm -hmm. is the important element here. Yeah. They're trying to come up with conversation starters. Right. Yeah. The the CEO of BuzzFeed talked about video and and articles as um, not like isolated pieces of media, but as bridges that connected people. Like sometimes a video is is a bridge that connects two different people. It's not necessarily like the content in the video, but the fact that the video exists that two people end up connecting. Mm-hmm. So there there was a lot of such care and thought into into what was going on there. So after we go through all of this stuff, like we we went more specific into actual uh, vertical video and and stuff with Instagram itself and and diving into some of the topics um, in there. Would you say, coming out of this, you're a believer in vertical video or IGTV? Well, I'm definitely a believer in Instagram. I thought one of the interesting points they made about Instagram was that you have so many different ways to communicate to an audience, and it's all within one app, whether that's going live on Instagram creating an Instagram story where it's multiple posts, uh, putting a photo or a video on your feed, and then now you have IGTV, which is like longer form, more premium video. So I'm definitely a believer in the ability for Instagram to sort of cultivate community across a bunch of different formats all within one app. So there's so many things that I think we can do on Instagram that YouTube does not do as well. Mm Mm-hmm. But I don't think, I mean, we posted an IGTV video today on our Instagram. It's not reaching our audience yet. So there's some sort of disconnect. Yeah, and that's disconnect. not to say, you know, we were meeting with a lot of people from IGTV there. There's 
clearly a lot of resources being put into it. There's a lot they know that they're fixing and working on. And I believe that this is only an extremely early version of IGTV. It's totally mm-hmm. going to be different. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a long lot of longevity in it, but I believe in it more than I did before the week. Definitely. Like especially when we watched some of the vertical video that BuzzFeed had made and that uh, that Instagram had um you know really shown us as like good examples. Yeah. of vertical video. And there's some of the some of the best practices for vertical video I just would have never thought of. Even you know, we made a video today for IGTV part of a competition on on the last day. And like still didn't think too much in the sense of some of the best practices they showed us, but like how much entertainment is changing is, is really fascinating. Buzzfeed talked to us about a a series called Romeo likes Juliet, just geared towards a much, much younger audience, but it was a, what they call an Insta film that was rolled out over, um, Instagram stories. So multiple characters from this film had, uh, Instagram accounts and they all were uploading parts yeah. of the story. It took place over the matter of a week. I yeah. think there were six different accounts. You know, Romeo had an account, Juliet had an account. All the, the main characters had accounts and these main characters were played by actors and they had a set at BuzzFeed uh, where for that week, these characters on their separate Instagram accounts interacted with each other and played out the story of Romeo and Juliet, but across Instagram. So it was really not in one central hub, but what they ended up finding was that people were actually creating new Instagram accounts to just follow the characters from this Insta film to follow along. Yeah, it it, it was pretty amazing. So just like innovative ways to tell stories and, Stuff that, you know, we look at and, and I'm like, man, I, I'm not going to watch tons of video vertically, but like people are doing it. There's a whole group of people who's, who's watching a movie unfold through multiple Instagram accounts, through the Instagram stories. Like it's And that demographic was very young. Yeah. And they were very involved, Super creating engaged. fan accounts yeah. and commenting back and forth. And the actors were commenting on behalf of yeah. the character back to the people who are watching. So this is a much more immersive way to experience mm-hmm. Romeo and Juliet mm-hmm. than just watching it in a theater or, you know, on TV. I wrote a thought down in, in my, uh, my morning pages, which is a, a journal that I try and write in almost every morning. Um, but I wrote a thought down, which was move with the way of the world. It was, it was a topic of one of my uh, just mornings that I was writing. And um, that to me <clears throat> was something that I think it's very challenging. Like moving with the way of the world is, is not easy. And what I mean by that is like, I feel the direction of this world is moving into more of this like vertical video, new storytelling. And sometimes it's hard. Like sometimes when you and I get together, like we're looking at the movies that inspired us and the creators that inspired us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I will always want to create stuff that, is similar to what inspired me. I would never even think of doing what they did, like creating a, a story, a movie out of Instagram stories and like across multiple accounts. I just wouldn't have thought of that. But the, one of the reasons I was excited about Vertical U was to learn more about the way of this world and how other people are thinking about it. Um, but I think that that applies across the board. Like look at your 
world around you and like be open to the change that is occurring and try and be a student and try and be a student of of what's happening around you. Yeah. Because it's very easy to see your way and the way that you like to do things and the way that you like to um, interact with the world and think that that is the way. And it's uncomfortable to change. Super uncomfortable. It's scary. It's, It's uncomfortable and scary. And if you find success doing something in a certain way, it's not guaranteed that you will continue to find success in that way because the world is changing around you. So sometimes it it really can be important to be open to that change. Yeah. One of the, uh, an example I bring up all the time is um, the fact that sports illustrated the, the magazine did not create ESPN. Like when television came out, sports illustrated was not interested in exploring television. Hmm. So they didn't. And it's interesting because they had every sports media relationship. Yeah. And then a group that had zero sports media relationships came up and created the biggest television network for sports. So now you think about that example and you think about what am I doing that I think like, okay, I'm not going to look at that. That's so brand new and not interesting. No one's actually using that thing. Right. And that's where I look at IGTV where I don't know if that's the thing. I don't know that that's the new television uh, but like there's a huge crop when we first started our first YouTube company, there were so many people who looked at that and was like, YouTube's not going to be a thing. You can't make real money on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. We had to pitch YouTube as a platform for years to many, that people. it was a viable place to advertise. And I mean, now, and now it's full. Tra- I mean, full transparency. We pitched that to Nike multiple times. We, we just, went into you and I went into Nike's office in New York and was like, YouTube is a cool place for you to put your advertising and reach your audience. And one of the guys there who was a believer was like, listen, man, it's going to take a long time for this company to believe this. And now this year, I mean, they made a ad on YouTube. I mean, granted it, it went other places, yeah, but they ran their, their Nike Kaepernick ad. Like it's no on question YouTube. now that you yeah, need to be advertising. Not a, now it's not even a question, but even a brand like that, um, who I believe is like innovative in their advertising um, was so far behind and just did not see YouTube as a viable place to reach anyone. Mm-hmm. So I just think that that is now I look at IGTV and I don't want to, I, I fear sometimes that I'm going to be the guy who's like, that's never going to work. Yeah. You, when, you can't when, be that guy. Cause yeah. When actually I don't know. Yeah. Because I'm not immersed in the, in the younger audience. So having, gone through this week and you know primarily been focused on our show the breakdown how has what you've learned or what we've learned sort of altered that piece yeah so i think a couple things the breakdown is such an interesting show for us as colin and samir like just as in our conversations because i think we both really love the show like once it's done once we see an episode (laughs) and like i go back sometimes and just watch episodes and I'm like I can't believe we made this this is this is really cool like I'm I'm excited about this um, but in the process it's extremely challenging making an episode is a is a very challenging um, experience it takes a lot of hours of writing a lot of hours of editing um, us you know shooting a something that takes us an hour and a half and then we got to cut down that hour and a half into a, a compelling argument and um, it's it's a challenge so I, I would say that like um, we are very open to change when it comes to the breakdown. Walking into this, there was no uh, stubbornness of like, this is our idea, it's not changing. 
Totally. It was like this thing needs to change. Needs to change. But it seems to be our most successful show. Yeah. By the numbers, it's our most successful show we've ever made ever as a group. But we've known it needs to change because it's very hard yeah. to put together. Something uh, had to change. Either we need a um you know, more resources. Yeah. And and um, you know, a network like a BuzzFeed or an Instagram to come in and and finance it and, and help bring a team, or we need to change the subject matter and do it in a way that's a little bit easier to, to execute. Yeah, because the way we've, we've been doing it, and we have been working on it to make it easier, but you know, it, takes, it takes a full week, at least. Yeah. Um, and for us, again, that's, that's a week that is not going towards other elements of our business. Yeah, so if you make it, initially, when we wanted to make it a weekly show, I think we, we did bring on an editor, yeah. Um, and, and multiple people actually mm-hmm. there's there's multiple people who work on that show outside of Colin and I um, Braxton uh, who I think you all know from being on the podcast and Carrie who also has been on the podcast mm-hmm. so two people who have been on the podcast work on that show um, even with a team of four it takes a week to make that show so if we make that a weekly show we're not doing anything else that show yes that show is generated now in the millions of views which is awesome but it doesn't mean that that show pays our bills or allows us to have a yeah. have a growing business. So pitching it to BuzzFeed was a sort of a calculated move here that we thought this could be a good opportunity to take something that we really enjoy and believe in and see if we can find funding for it and put it in a place where it has more distribution, more people will see it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so com- coming out of the week, I think going into every single session, the one thing that I've learned is that making videos, uh, movies, pieces of, of, of content that are personal, that are about yourself uh, and your personal experience actually have a lot larger of a reach than content that's not necessarily about yourself and have a lot more opportunities, um, which was really inspiring to hear about. So I, I guess what I mean by that is like anything that involved, like the, the, the best performing piece on BuzzFeed's IGTV, which had like above 3 million views was this really interesting piece of two people sitting across from each other and opening up about like their deepest insecurities. And it would seem hyper personal, right? Because they're sharing their personal insecurities with each other. Why does it have a mass audience? And it's like, when you talk about something extremely personal, um, it connects with people on a on a really deep level. And so that was a really cool thing to see because I have a lot of passion around that. And I think looking at the breakdown, the breakdown is a show that talks about other topics, other people's topics, right? So there we, we take a, uh, an idea or a trend and we uh, unpack it. And so I thought that there was an immediate interesting um, exploration of like, well, could this be more personal? Yeah. Could this show be more personal and retain some of its core values of like, breaking down something Mm -hmm. but can we break down something that has to do with our lives and the way that we feel yeah or bring us more into the subject like experiencing something or uh being a part of the episodes more and and not relying on you know pulling all the b-roll and finding clips that that make sense and finding a topic and like um so that that's what i would say is the transformative you know nature of the week was just looking at the show looking at all the examples they showed us, looking at all the um, workshops we went into. I mean, the storytelling workshop, like all these different workshops and being like, wow, 
the most compelling uh, piece and it sounds obvious because it's part of our five rules of filmmaking, but is to tell your own story mm-hmm. and, and include yourself, like put yourself into the story. There's also an element of this where we have to submit our video by February, February 1st, mm-hmm. and it will not be distributed until potentially March. So right now the breakdown is a show where we try and react to current topics, trending topics. So we can't necessarily do that in this format. So it actually would make sense to find a topic that is a little bit more evergreen, focus a little bit more of the video on ourselves and our personal lives, because that's something that uh, doesn't really move with the trends as much, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, another piece of advice that I really liked is they said, make sure not to generalize about anyone else. Just be hyper-specific about the way that you feel. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I really resonated with me because it can be very off-putting when someone... Uh, generalizes about it feels like someone is generalizing something about your life and I'm sure we've been guilty of that potentially mm-hmm. on this podcast mm-hmm. um, but that was a, a great note I thought added to you know you know use yourself as your subject and also make sure not to generalize I really like that yeah so that was really good advice from them um, you know one thing about the BuzzFeed thing is we we have a mentor that we're going to work with for the next couple months and we also have um you know just people we had so many workshops with like amazing producers and storytellers at buzzfeed that was that was just incredible to like open our eyes to just being like hey you know there's there's a different way that this show can exist Mm -hmm. and be open to like from the beginning they said like be open to your idea getting blown up because we're about to like rock your world yeah yeah (laughs) and what you think about making video yeah so it's a constant evolution like you, it's very easy to take a look at this and say, hey, wait a second. You guys just told me that you have a show that is your best performing show ever. And that has accounted for millions of views and you've only made six episodes. Keep going. But it's also, I think, you know, interesting to look at it and say like, wait, we just learned a lot about how maybe this could even be better. And more importantly, sustainable. You know, that's the most important. Yeah. And I love the breakdown, but there is an element of the breakdown sometimes where I'll meet someone new and we'll come across the conversation of what I do and I'll tell them about the YouTube channel. And if we've done three breakdown episodes in a row and I tell them, oh, go check out my YouTube channel. It's kind of about my life. It's what I'll tell them. And then I'll realize they'll go and it's about TikTok, uh, European Parliament copyright law and, you know, some other YouTube related issue. It's not necessarily about my life. Um, and yeah. I do have a desire to have the Colin and Samir YouTube channel at any given moment when someone goes to it and just clicks on a video represent more of, of, of my life and who I am. Mm-hmm. And sometimes with the breakdown, you don't, you don't always get to express that. By the way, video about European copyright, which is the, our article 13 video has just cracked our top five videos on the channel. That's awesome. How cool is that? Very cool. So again, like breakdown right now, I'm looking at the breakdown from the past Two months, which is like the newest form of the breakdown. Four of the videos are in our top six videos. Yeah, it does well for us. On the channel. Yeah, Isn't that cool. amazing? It brings yeah. us a lot of subscribers. It's, it's cool. It, it, it's, it's, it's the amazing. most amount of success in terms of like organic viewership like that on a platform. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. So uh, coming out of the week, today we, we went to Instagram and got to spend the day there and, and, and at the Facebook office here in L.A. Um, 
and then everyone went home and Colin and I went and kind of like did some work. We actually went and hung out with the guys from Yes Theory, which was really inspiring to hear about all the stuff they're doing, um, which is insane. Um, but coming out of that, just like being in that two hour Uber ride back, like what are some thoughts you have now, now that we have a couple hours to decompress from the week and how exciting it was and how fun it was? Like, what are your thoughts now as you look at this week in relation to the past six years of being a professional content creator and, and someone who makes videos and tell stories for, for a living. Like what did this open your eyes to in the grander scheme of things? The value of doing something different, you know, for the past two years, for the past six years, we've operated in a pretty similar fashion. There's been some changes obviously, but especially for the past two years, the way that we come up with ideas hasn't really changed. I always thought that was a huge strength of ours, the way we come up with ideas. And I think it is, but I did not realize how much better we could be and where we were making mistakes until we spent this week at BuzzFeed. Um, being around so many different people who are involved in projects that are totally dissimilar to ours, but yet we were able to gain so much from them. That was another thing that made me want to try and put ourselves in situations where we're around people more often because now I feel like I really am so much more open to learning. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think for sure, because we've done everything on our own, um, there's a certain level of almost pride from doing things on your own. Um, like we were not taught by anyone. We were, we were able to grow our company and have success without with, with essentially like no one like understanding or believing in what we were doing. And so it felt really good to do that. Over the past two years, it's it's been a lot harder um, now that we've been on our own. It's been a lot harder and it's kind of like, wait a second, like it's like a little bit wo more wobbly and like just kind of like, wait, this is not as easy as I thought it was going to be. And I don't really understand how this is going to work. And there's a sense of pride of like, we've had this level of success, like, shouldn't we be good at this? Um, but this week, I think I was incredibly humbled and realized like, wait a second. Uh, yeah, that's cool that we had success but that doesn't like two two three years later that doesn't mean anything like now it's you got to learn a whole new set of skills the world has changed and you have to be open to completely changing how you operate like you said like we've been operating in a really similar way mm -hmm. for, for a lot of years and so taking a look at it like after this week i think you and i will brainstorm completely differently totally and it yeah. was only an hour of learning something new but I learned how much you need to respect certain like systems and processes of creation, like respecting the idea creation period has not been something that's been super prevalent with us. And I, I'm not saying we don't respect coming up with ideas, but this was like hours of like refining the idea before you pick up a camera. Yeah. I think we have a lot of pride in our post-production. Mm -hmm. Uh, in our editing. And I think we put a lot of emphasis on post-production, Yeah. but post-production being the best editor in the world, like having great after effects, transitions, whatever it is, being a good host on camera, like none of it matters unless the core of your video is strong. Mm -hmm. Like you can have extremely low production value. You can shoot it with a phone, but if the idea is good, then you're fine. Mm-hmm. David after dentist. Shot with a phone. Phenomenal video. Yeah. Wow. That, okay. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. Incredible tension stakes. 
Yeah. Very relatable. Funny. Taps into so many identities. I mean, it's just a great video. They didn't come up with that, but I'm just talking about a low production video that like went really viral. Came out of left field for me. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that's, <laughs> I'm sure you can tell we're getting a little bit tired. That's an old school YouTube video. One yeah. thing I did want to talk about was you as a student. Because I think something that surprised me a little bit this week was how you went straight to the front of the class. We were always like, sitting right in the front. Anytime they wanted to know if anyone would volunteer, hand went up. I think you asked more questions than anyone. But that's very different from what I know of you as uh, a college or high school student from what I know from mm-hmm. you. So I would love to uh, talk to you and understand more about how you felt coming into this week, going back to school for the first time in eight years. When I know that you yeah. did not necessarily. I was a bad, I was, I, I was not a good student. I didn't until, want to see it. Yeah. Until I got to college, I was not a good student. And once I got to college, I was only a good film student. And I did well in film. I, I like did really well in film, but I was a terrible student otherwise. Like, I, like to give you guys context, I was on academic probation in high school, which is really foreign to my family because everyone was like good at school and like could figure their stuff out. But I just was not interested in school. Like if we had a school assembly, like I was the kid who would like stand up in the middle of it and like make a big joke yeah, or something. Um, like it just wasn't, I was not interested in like the structure or the rules of school. Uh, and I was much more concerned with like being socially accepted or funny or popular or entertaining or the guy who like everyone was talking about, like the center of attention than I was about being good in school. I couldn't have cared less about my schoolwork. Man, I, I was the world to me. <laughs> like, I, I think we differ so much in that, which is yeah. so fascinating. I, I actually, when I was home for Thanksgiving, asked my mom just out of the blue, I was driving with her in the car and I said, what was I like as a child? Like as a kid. Uh-huh. And she was like, well, you're extremely well behaved. Like mothers would actually call me and like ask if you could come over to play with their kids. Cause when you were there, everyone was just calmer. And she said, but when you got into middle school and high school, I think you were way too uptight about your schoolwork. She's like, you remember you crying too much. You're crying all the time. Interesting. And I was so stressed about school. Yeah. I treated it so man. It was like, and I do feel that way. I think she was right. I look mm-hmm. back and I'm like, man, I, I, I was a little bit too uptight. But I was, I was a good student, man. I was like... What was your end goal with that? Fear. Interesting. Of messing up, I think. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Fear of messing up. Yeah, because... When, so when I think about it, like I had a very clear-cut goal. Like I, I wanted to... I, I don't know. I wanted to be like accepted. I wanted to be popular. I wanted to like... I wanted to be the guy. In high school. Yeah. And so I would come home and I would work on that. I would go on, uh, I don't know if everyone can relate to this. I would go on AOL Instant Messenger, AIM. Of course. AIM. (laughs) And I would be on AIM and just talking to people, like chatting it up, like just seeing whoever wanted to talk. Like Like I just liked connecting with people. I liked having a big friend group and I liked like being friends with everyone and I liked making people laugh and um, school was just like, school work was just not interesting to me. And, um, after that, like 
after once that happened, then I, w- I became interested in playing lacrosse and I became interested in fitness and I got really good at that. Still, schoolwork wasn't interesting to me. Yeah. It wasn't a part of my big goal. Like there was no big goal. I thought I was going to be in a band and like I didn't even think I didn't think I was going to go to college. I was like, oh, I'm going to go to college. I'll go be in a band. Yeah. Like go entertain people or like or I'll end up being an actor. There was a real thought in my head. It was yeah. like I, like college is not that interesting. And then as time went on, it was like college was super interesting because it seemed really fun. And I went to college and once I got to college, again, I was like I got kicked out of my dorm. Yeah. I, I was like not interested Oof, in the I rules. Terrified. Like I was always so nervous about not, that. I, if it didn't play into my goal or like the thing that I was interested in, I I was like it didn't it didn't even like occur. But like when you got kicked out of your dorm and yeah. you got in trouble, were you like upset about that? Or how did that make you feel? I mean, I remember when I was a freshman in college, I got written up because I was in a room uh, where people were drinking alcohol and we were too young. And I had this pit in my stomach. Like I like, mm. couldn't breathe. Like I had just done the worst thing. And, and I, I aged out of that. Um, but up until like, yeah, like midway through college, man, I, I was, yeah, oof, man, that stuff really affected me. Like bad grades, getting in trouble, going to detention. I felt like it was the end of the world. It just wasn't a part of what I was in. Intru- like it just wasn't my Didn't goal. Affect you. Wasn't my goal. Like, um, it didn't hinder me that much. So what I'll say um, is as time went on and like once I started taking film classes, everything changed. Like once I was really interested in something, even in high school, I took film classes. I did really well in those. And I cared about those. I wrote the papers for them. I went home and I studied. Like It's not like I didn't like study in high school. I did that, but it wasn't my priority. Um, I'm painting myself as like a real like renegade rock star, but uh, probably weren't too far off. Yeah. Uh, but like in college, once I started taking film classes, then I opened my eyes to like, wait a second, I could have a career as a filmmaker. And like, I had a career in entertainment. And that's when I was like, this is what I like doing. I like to make people laugh and cry and uh, feel happy and sad. Mm. Like, I just like to uh, like evoke emotion out of people. And that yeah. was the same thing I liked when I was a kid. Like when I would stand up in a school assembly and like, I would make people laugh at the expense of literally this is something that happened. I stood up in a school assembly while someone was talking in front of hundreds of people and like screamed out some joke. I don't even remember what it was. And the next day I'm sitting in in my dean's office with my um, parents who had to come to school with me that day. And they were like, listen, we don't think Samir should like come back to school for a while. And my parents convinced them to not suspend me and keep me on probation, which is what they did. Mm. Uh, but like at that time, it didn't affect me. I was like, okay, but I made everyone laugh. Yeah. Like, so it was worth it. And I didn't get kicked out of school. So like, whatever. So it didn't affect me that much. But um, how do you look back at that now? I still think like I was like, I, I was goal oriented and I understand myself. Like, I don't, I don't think that that was the right. Uh, those weren't goals that I look back on and think like that were uh, I'm proud of or that I was that I was, uh, that, that, that should have been focused on at that time. But it's just like, I don't know, the reality was I was. So now the reason why I bring all that up is because now in Vertical U, when I come there, like I am super goal oriented here. I'm here spending a week investing my time and I'm trying to get the most out of this. So I'm going to be at the front of class. I'm going to be raising my hand. I'm going to ask the most questions. If I even have an inkling of a question, I'm going to ask it because this is my goal now is to get a hundred percent out of this and then go on and use it and apply it. 
if my goal was to make everyone laugh in this class, I think I would strive to be like the best entertainer in the class. But my goal is to selfishly get as much as I can out of this. And I turn to you, you can see how competitive I am. I turn to you and be like, we are going to make the best pilot. Mm -hmm. We have to. And so I'm going to get as much out of this whole team and this experience as I can. And I was competitive in high school too. I wanted to make everyone laugh the most. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to do all that the best and the most. And like, I mean, I, I, I think you and I spoke more yes. than anyone in this, <laughs> in this vertical U program. And I'm fine with that. I mean, I was, I was so excited. Yeah. Same thing to ask questions, tell people about our show, tell people about our story, help other people when they had questions. A lot mm -hmm. of uh, sessions, it was, they were small groups and we were helping each other with, mm -hmm. you know, our ideas. And man, I got so much energy from that. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I think we just had so much respect for the opportunity. It's almost like studying abroad or yeah. something like you don't realize how incredible mm -hmm. of a opportunity it is and what a gift yeah, it that, is. So I felt like the fact that we even had this opportunity to fit it within our schedule right now, granted, like we said, like it is a week away from, you know, potentially putting resources elsewhere in our business at a different time, but it was such an incredible opportunity to have this week and to just learn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At the same time, I would also say that I have a lot of like hindsight towards my education and think about like what a blessing it was and how like I, I could have, uh, I say it in, in retrospect, but I could have been more engaged in the whole process of like education. Yeah. And that's why now when I'm put into educational environments, I like try and get the most out of them because especially educational environments where the thing that I'm being educated on is something that I really love and care about. Yeah. But then additionally, what you said, like about the other creators in there, like I, I loved even just when we would have lunch or dinner and just be able to talk to all of them. Um, they all had such vastly different experiences and stuff I could learn from, from them. And, um, I learned a lot from all them. And one of the coolest parts of being a creator, the most important part of being a creator to me is the connection with other people. And because you and I work together long hours alone in a room, essentially, for majority of the time, if not all the time. Dude, even right now, I'm like, are we still looking at each other? <laughs> yeah, we, we're still here alone in a room uh, talking to each other. Uh, but like when we get the opportunity to connect with other people, even if it's on Twitter or through YouTube comments or through email when you guys email us um, or here in real life talking to a ton of other creators and people who are teaching us things like we learn something from all of you. Uh, and like just kind of circles back to the fact of being a student of your environment. Every time you, you know, tweet at us or write a review or, or send know, us a lengthy email, send us a lengthy email. Like we're learning something about you. We're learning something about us and how our content is affecting other people around us. We're learning something about a relationship that we've created. Like everything is a lesson and there's so much to learn from all of this. I think what's exciting right now is that, I felt like this week and moving forward, like I get to be the student that I've always wanted to be like finding the right balance of like passion, um, hard work, but also like 
having an open mind to the fact that like change is okay. Cause I think when I was in high school and college, like nothing was acceptable except for like the high grade numbers that were given. And I think as I've gotten older, I've been able to like shed some of that and mm-hmm. truly find value in so much more outside of, of the grade at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And I got to do that at vertical U, and like you said, get to do it from all the feedback that we get. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it was an incredible week and now it's time for us to put all of that into practice, which was super exciting. Um, by the time this is up, we should have a YouTube video out Yep. Uh, about the experience. So definitely go check that out. That'll give you some visuals to what it was like for us. Where we put some of the things that we've learned into practice. I wouldn't say all. But yeah, yeah, but some of them. Yeah. And then expect to see um, the breakdown potentially come in, in a different form and a, a different iteration. Um, I'm not sure exactly where that's going to go. If it's going to stay on YouTube, if we're going to still... Uh, make it there or, or focus it on on vertical with what we're doing um, through this program but you know be be as an even as an audience member be open to change um you know we, that's something we've learned a lot of and I, I honestly am so excited to just put some of this stuff into practice next week same so thanks again to everyone honestly thanks so much for everyone who tweeted at us and, and sent us those photos of of the spotify thing that was like the so special to see and and so cool and for everyone who's left a review, tweeted at us, emailed us, like your feedback means everything. And, and the community that we're growing is, is unbelievable. Thanks for listening. That's it this week for the Colin and Samir podcast. There's only three episodes left this year. So we want to hear from you. Let us know what you want to see from the Colin and Samir podcast in 2019. You can drop that to us in a review. You can tweet it at us or you can send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. I just want to reiterate how awesome it's been to get feedback from all of you on the podcast this year. And honestly, how incredible it was to see how many of you sent us your Spotify wrapped report that showed our podcast as your most listened to. Thank you so much for following along on our journey. And we'll see you back here next week for another episode of the Colin and Samir podcast. Podcast.